You're listening to the Pittsburgh Pile Driver. Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Pittsburgh Pile Driver Podcast. We are on the post WrestleMania episode of the P3. We're going to be breaking down WrestleMania. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. There's probably going to be some disagreements, maybe some explanations. But uh, hey, if you haven't watched WrestleMania, don't listen to this show. Well, listen to the show. Who cares? Uh, you should have watched it already. So there's, I'm not uh, apologizing for any spoilers. So if you haven't watched WrestleMania and you're listening to this, well, you're a fool because I'm sure WrestleMania is going to be in the title of this episode. So you only have yourself to blame. We've got a three-man show coming up for you until a little around 9 o'clock, which is probably about 45 minutes from now because our time right now doesn't mean anything to you at home listening because it's <laughs> going to be recorded. Then Tiger Bomb Tom will show up, and it'll be a shit show all around. So we've got Beef the Legend, Alec Ransom, and the successfully reigning, defending, undisputed, choose-away champion of the world, the Bard Baby. This episode of the Pittsburgh Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Casual Gaming Dads Corner and Sean Tischler. If you don't know who those two people are, Google them. Look them up on Facebook. You'll eventually figure it out. So, WrestleMania, what do we think? Well, I think, first of all, I would like to thank my intuition as a champion for having the ability to retain... Oh, listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I had to drink, drink. Hey, hey, hey. Before we get this episode rolling and start talking about how great of a champion Poot is, because I could talk about that all night long, because I'm the advocate. Let me just say, I want to give a shout out to one of the people that commented on uh, the Pittsburgh Power Podcast um, Facebook page, complaining and saying, hey, podcast would be better if you'd made the mute the vaping sounds. To you, gentlemen, sir, I don't know who you are. Frankly, I don't give a damn. Shut the hell up when you talk about the champ that way. He'll <laughs> vape whenever the hell he wants to vape. And if you don't like vaping noises, maybe you need to stick some cotton swabs in your ear and, uh, you know, live that way. Live like the Q-tip man. Anyway, go on. The Q-tip man. Wow. Don't sass my champ. I'll cut your foot. You know what? I, I appreciate people wanting uh, wanting solid production and everything like that. And you know what? Because I am an affable champion, I will I will acquiesce to that guy's request if he decides to start, uh, you know, being a little more polite. Yeah, or maybe contribute some 49.99s and uh, then uh, we'll mute the vaping sounds for a solid 49.99. There Jackass. you go. That sounds good. 49.99. And I will mute the vape sounds. You know, it's quite possible that we have listeners who have no idea what that shtick is about because they probably don't go back and listen to the old shows so now well, that you are that. all now that's that you're all in recluse uh go back and listen to our fucking shows you can make a day of it the pittsburgh powder podcast day 49.99 you assholes wrestlemania <laughs> yes a very different wrestlemania this year but i will say i don't know about you guys let's go overall here i think they did as good of a job as they possibly could with the situation they were presented. So, I thought it was a good show under the circumstances. 
Um, but I feel like we would have gotten the same product in Raymond James Stadium, and I feel like it would have been shit mania, uh, like almost as bad as eleven. Wow! Uh, really? I mean, so do this for me, Beef. What are some of the standouts for you that would make this a shit mania? Everything not filmed off location, uh, or that wasn't Rollins versus Owens. Um, really? Wow. That's a. That's... I thought you were sports entertained by the ladder match. Well, so the ladder match was okay for what it was. Um, but I mean, like, there, the WrestleMania ladder matches are a, a paradigm of like greatness. So, like, when you put that up against TLC 1 or TLC 2... Or Shawn or, Michaels' um, Razor. Or Shawn Michaels' Razor or the WrestleMania 31 ladder match or the WrestleMania 32 ladder match, like, it doesn't hold any water at all. And maybe if there were six men in it, it may have been... But, I mean, again, for the circumstances, it was perfectly passable. Rhea versus Charlotte was a great match uh, with a bad ending. Uh, and the women's tag match was really good, uh, and Owens versus Rollins was very entertaining. Outside of that, here's the problem. They didn't capitalize on the time that they had, as opposed to putting out, you know, seven or eight, maybe <clears throat> ten quality matches over the course of two days. They put out 14. No, they put out uh, 16 in uh, in uh, say say about uh, um, eight hours. Um, I you know I'm never gonna be quantity over quality. Uh, one of my favorite WrestleManias was WrestleMania 30, where there was like six matches. Um, I you know I I think it's okay to have less if you're gonna have more. Oh yeah. The problem the problem inherent is with fucking nine titles on the brands and you know feuds outside of those titles you're never going to get something like that again uh, unless every match is like 12 people. So to me I was I was expecting them to kind of uh ratchet up the quality uh and uh what what Charlotte versus Rio was, I was kind of expecting as like the baseline, but it just felt like a bunch of raw matches um, against the backdrop of WrestleMania. Did you not enjoy uh, the um, the Shayna Baszler match? Oh I mean, my god! Regardless no. of the outcome, you didn't like the match at all. No, no, it was it was like maybe less than 10 minutes I, I you know I, I don't even remember but but it but it, but it felt like it was over in the blink of an eye um and 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 it was wait so if you're gonna have Becky win which is fine um I you know may, maybe they're saving that bacon for you know SummerSlam or Survivor Series or whenever the hell we get a crowd in an arena um you know, m maybe they're saving that big change then. But I mean, if 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 you're gonna have Becky win like that, 
I think you should have had Baszler dominate the match. Like, start to finish. Like... Hello? Hello? Uh-oh. What happened? Ran through... Ran, ran roughshod over them at the Elimination Chamber. Hey, I lost you guys for, like, about 15 seconds there. Oh, that's unfortunate. That was weird. Huh. Cool. Anyway, uh, back to your right. old crappy connections. Never mind. No, it was like a very clean cut. That was very odd. Anyway, go on. No, I, I was, I, I was, I was just explaining that, I, that, I, that I think that Baszler should have ran rushed over Becky Lynch if they were going to have Becky Lynch squeak out a victory because she ran rushed over everybody in the elimination chamber, didn't even break a sweat, and you know they 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 made her look like a monster against everybody. So now you have essentially devalued the women's division by not having Baszler run rushed over Becky. You're saying that if Baszler is head and, head and shoulders above everybody else in the match, then Becky's above her, thus Becky's head and shoulders above everybody else. Plus, now we're to the point where it's like, what do you do with Becky? Where does she go from here? Um, but, uh, I mean, now again, you know, and... I'll quantify it and say, you know, I, I'm I'm thankful to have the show. I'm thankful to have, you know, two nights where I didn't hear the word fucking COVID or corona or anything. Like, it, it was nice to be able to sit in a virtual room full of my friends for two nights and forget about the bullshit that was happening. So, like, you'll never be able to take that commendation away from WWE. And, yeah, I mean, for the, for the situation... It was passable. It was good. But I think that, honestly, we probably would have gotten the same card, except for minus the awesome Boneyard match, minus the awesome Firefly Funhouse match. We would have gotten two regular-ass matches and, 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 and instead of those. And I think that both of those matches may have suffered. So, All right, enough of you your know. ramblings. Poot, what were some of your <laughs> low points about this? All right, well... We'll talk low points, and then I, we'll talk high points. I I, I you think, had him, I guess. I think like for me it it was kind of like a just straightforward mid middle of the road mania. <clears throat> there was really nothing that I found abysmal like match wise, like match quality wise. Um now I I admittedly, and this is no joke, this isn't a, a, a lark, this isn't a, a laugh. I really oh. I really mean this. I don't have as much of a, you know, refined palate for wrestling that Beef does. Um, so, so for me, it it real it really was like I take it, and not meaning this in a bad way. I take this a little a little less serious. So I went okay. Show me what you got. And to be perfectly honest with you. Every match was what I expected, like, in-ring-wise, except for the outcomes of some. And it was the 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 women's match having Baszler not go over and not... look. It, it felt like her build of her being just this dominant monster meant nothing. Like, it was like, oh, okay, the man is still tougher than her than this and the other thing. When really Shayna Baszler, all she would have to do is look at her crossways and Becky's arm would fall out of its socket. Like Baszler's a monster. And, uh, 
it, it, so like it, it, it that left me really cold. Um, and then Charlotte going over now after the fact, I understand why they did it. Um, and it, it was because, uh, uh, Rhea Ripley's, uh, Rhea Ripley had to go back to Australia to fake news. take care of fake news. Not true. She's still in Orlando. Well, okay. Then there's literally every single news outlet that I heard that she has to take care of like work visa stuff. But that's also the problem is that they were saying that her travel plans and getting back there and dealing with this is going to be even harder because of the whole situation with Corona, because traveling is more, uh, more difficult, obviously. So who knows? I honestly think that like, that is a situation that they were, anticipating so i get it i think that if we get more rhea ripley versus charlotte flair i'm all for that so whatever um i think this will be uh, a blip on the radar of charlotte's career and rhea ripley's career and i think rhea ripley at the end of it all is going to come out looking like a million bucks i really truly do so i'm not really terribly worried about that um, as far as the major championships, the, the, uh, the world title and the universal title, I'm frankly glad to see, um, whether by hook or by crook, I'm, I'm glad to see that Braun Strowman's finally getting a nod, whether he's going to be a transitional champion or not, that's fine. Um, I'm just glad to see that he's finally getting uh, a little bit of recognition and a little bit of a push. Um, say what you want about his comments that he makes outside of his character and on social media. It, it's nice to see him do this and also getting the huge rub of beating Goldberg. Whether you like Goldberg or not, having Strowman beat him the way he did as quickly as he did and as clean as he did, that says something about what they're supposedly going to do about Strowman's character. Now, Looking at, um, looking at the uni the universe, uh, not um, the WWE Championship, um, having McIntyre. Come on, I'm glad they pulled the trigger on McIntyre. I'm glad they did it. I'm sad for him that he didn't get his arena full of people uh, moment. Uh, but Drew, I'll tell you what, he didn't look any less disappointed or any less upset or any less overjoyed. You know, or rather, yeah, I guess I phrased that wrong. He didn't look any less overjoyed when he you won that belt and he got it. So, you know what was amazing is whenever he reached out to the camera with his hand and he was like, you know, I did this because of you. I understand what you're trying to say, but I need to speak. Thank you. Um, he when, when, when he reached out his hand and he pointed to the camera and he was like, you know, because of you. Yeah, that was nice. Like, he, he really enjoys this, and I really think he deserves it, and he recognizes that he worked really hard and that the crowd was part of it. And, you know, it's a, it, it is a true example of how failure followed by hard work and determination can get you where you want to go. Um, I will save my thoughts for the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match whenever we get to it because I feel like that's going to be encapsulated. Also, ladder match, loved it. 
I thought it was great. Um, yeah. So do you think that Braun Strowman is going to be champion for a while, or do you think he's a placeholder because they had to call an audible with Roman Reigns? Uh, not trying to not trying to beleaguer your question here, Ransom. Um, I you you sound really far away. Son of a bitch. Yep. Oh, is this any better? Nope. Actually, it's worse. Oh, your mother. Hang on. Okay. Hang on. Okay. Technical oh, difficulties, no. please. Be- oh god, he's got. Oh god, all the technical difficulties. <laughs> what a professional uh, podcast. Are we any better? Uh, uh, yes, that's better. Is it? Yes. Okay, so back to my question. Yes. Do you think Braun Strowman is a placeholder champion because they had to call an audible with old Roman Reigns, or do you think he holds the belt for uh, for a while? Uh, Not beef. counting the time that they have to be off of TV if they don't record stuff. Uh, beef, I'll let you field, field this first. Go ahead. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Um, I think, uh, I think he's going to be a transitional champion, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be an immediate change. I think, um, I think he's going to hang on to the belt for at at least till SummerSlam if they have it. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him hold it a little bit longer past that, but honestly, it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a long, long run. So you don't think that he's going to be champion just until the stay-at-home order has passed and we get in front of a crowd and the first pay-per-view event in front of a crowd, you don't think he's going to lose it then? No, I, I, like I said, I think if, if SummerSlam goes off in the traditional manner, I think he'll lose it there. Okay. I don't think he's going to lose it on a random, they... a random like TV show or whatever. Rando. I want to see how they handle the Roman Reigns situation first. I want to see if he's immediately back in the upper card or what's going to play out there. Because I, you know, deep down inside, I still believe that there's going to be some hostility for him missing WrestleMania. Even though it was the right thing to do, you know, we know Vince McMahon. So... Huh. But but that but that being said, um, Strowman's win at WrestleMania was a lot less about Braun Strowman and a lot more about Goldberg. Um, so and and I and I and I I, I shared this with you earlier today that um, basically Goldberg beating the Fiend at Wrestle or at um, the, the the Blood Money that was, was a Goldberg power play. A Goldberg, uh, yeah, exactly. A, a Goldberg power play, like, hey, you're not paying me millions of dollars to come in here and lose. Uh, you know, I, I'm a superhero. People want to see me win, and then I'll gladly put over your next guy at WrestleMania. Goldberg's not a company guy, uh, and I'm sorry. What happened? Ransom. <laughs> Ransom sounds like he's running, running. Uh, sounds like he's running errands. Um, I was uh, doing something. I was at the uh, first fire hall, and somebody showed up, so I had to make a hasty escape. Ah, and now I'm down at the second one since there's nobody here. Backup fire. And uh, yeah, I'll be here until someone shows up here, and then it's going to be back to the car and running errands. Oh, neat. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, um, so setting expectations now. That might happen. Pick me up a gallon of Fair milk. Enough. I, 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 I fully believe that Strowman got the title because he was a guy without a dance card on, on, uh, on WrestleMania weekend. I think that had Samoa Joe been on SmackDown, it may have been Samoa Joe getting the call. Oh, uh, and, and, I, and I, you yeah. know, I think I think that this was just happenstance. They looked at somebody and they said, "Okay, who's believable to beat Goldberg?" But it doesn't have a match at WrestleMania. Oh, Braun Strowman, great. Let's get him in here. How fun um, would it have been if they would have had Goldberg come out, have the Fiend get the belt again, and then? have it be part of the whole Firefly Funhouse match. How great would that have been? I think that they're probably going to put that belt back on Bray. Um, I Here's kind of what I'm envisioning as the future. I think that they're going to put the belt back on Bray, and I think that Cena's going to come back and wrestle him in an honest-to-God match, because... Cena looked like a chump after the Firefly Funhouse match. And I think that Cena is going to come back doubly resolved. And I think that Cena will beat The Fiend for the Universal title, getting his 18th title reign. Uh, yes, 18, right? Wait, how, how many did Ric Flair have? 16, 17? 16. 16. So this would be, seven, this would be Cena's 17th, thus cementing Cena as, you know, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Uh, really? and, and again, you know, in 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 a time when the belt was was transferred back and forth like you know a bad hooker, um, it, it probably doesn't mean hooker. as much, or or a very good hooker, yes. Um, it it probably doesn't mean as much as Ric Flair's sixteen do. Um, but that being said, they are no less valid. And again, I mean, you know, Cena's Cena's a company guy, um. You know, even even now he's 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 a company shill. He's 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 still out there fighting the battle for WWE. So I, I think that they would have no problem making him like you know the banner bearer, the the, the standard bearer, the the, the banner flyer. You know, the, the guy who's they take a point to and say this guy has the most world championships in wrestling history. How pissed do you think Ric Flair would be about that? I don't think. <sighs> I right now Ric Flair feels like he's not in a lot of his faculties anyway. True. Um I think I think that he probably has a lot other fish to fry. And to be honest, I think I think Ric Flair was on board whenever John Cena was facing Seth Rollins and John Stewart interfered. I think Ric Flair was on board with Cena winning at that point because he recognizes that Cena is like, you know, the next face. Uh well and and, and you know, sad to say that, that face is already, you know, kind of on its way out. But but he but he realizes and, and you know he he gets it man he 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 sees the writing on the wall so I I think I think he'd be okay with it. All right, that's fair. That's that's fair. What about you, Ransom? What did you what what did you think of WrestleMania? What were what were some of your lowlights? I, I guess we you know since, since since we're talking about things that were a little bit disappointing to us. Well. This is where I'm going to explain my lowlights and then maybe get some perspective to perhaps change my views. Um, first off, the Edge-Randy Orton match. Ugh. 
was a letdown to me. Um, did did uh, not not to interrupt, but did, but did either of you watch Champa versus Gargano last night? I haven't gotten to it yet, man. I had a lot of work today. No, no, I did that not see match, that. That match was what Orton and Edge should have been. But go on. So that was a letdown to me because I was I was hoping that you know Edge comes back for a match. I don't know how many matches he's got in him. I don't know if this was a one-off or if there's going to be more. Um, but that match did nothing for me. It was a series of walking around an arena, throwing punches, kicks, and driving your opponent's head into every picture that was hung in the did, performance center. Did you watch the Edge 24? No. You go watch the Edge twenty four because Edge seems really dead set on his return, not just being a one off. Hey, thanks guys, I'm ending this on my terms. He wants a run. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, there's hope. There's hope there then. Um, but that match was a letdown to me. I thought they could have done a hell of a lot more. And frankly, after seeing the Flashman standing or whatever, whatever the hell type of match it was. I would have been happier if it was a standard match. An actual just wrestling match, you pin him in a ring, it all happened in the ring, not around this performance center with just punches, kicks, and head into the wall. That was boring to me. Do you think that it was... Do you think that it was boring because you expected... And we've seen so much from Edge over the years. Like, so much, like such a high work rate and such uh, such extreme measures in matches like this that in your mind even though you know he's he's I mean the man's 46 he has a fused neck even though he's well and the doctors all say he's fine do you think it's because in the back of your mind you thought to yourself oh we're going to see edge in a hardcore match again no i didn't no i i went into it expecting not a hardcore match in my mind, I knew it was a last man standing match, but I went into it thinking, okay, there's going to be some, some cur cur curfuckery happening outside the ring because it's a last man standing match and that's what they're going to do. But I thought that there was going to be half, if not the majority of the match happening in the ring. And it was going to be more of an actual wrestling match with wrestling holds, things like that. Um, it was just it was just an overall letdown. Just the, the the type of physicality they had with each other was was so boring. It's I just I there was nowhere near sports entertaining with that match. It was punch, kick, head into wall, head into picture. Uh, edge dropped an elbow from you know two feet away from Orton hanging from the ceiling like a monkey. Well, let's not forget <sighs> Orton. Hanging, quote unquote, hanging edge from gym equipment, which you know. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that match was a was a snooze stress for me and a, and a letdown, mainly because I believed that Orton and Edge, giving the caliber of those two guys, I expected a, an awesome. I expected them to steal the show. Having seen the card the way it was, I expected them to steal the show. So that was that was a big letdown, and then 
honestly, the only other thing that stood out in my mind as a letdown, I mean, I don't think it was a great mania overall. Um, I, I, I'm, I side more with Poop that I thought it was average. I didn't think it was closer towards the bottom of the barrel. I thought it was average. But uh, the other thing that stood out as a letdown, to, what's happening in the background? Someone Brittany digging through a drawer? Mm. What now, woman? Um, <laughs> was, and this is where we're going to have to have either a discussion or an explanation, was the Firefly Funhouse match. Because in my mind, that wasn't a match. That was a story, a vignette, a promo, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't a match to me. And, and The Fiend, to me, didn't beat John Cena because it wasn't a match. Now, I get it. Matches are scripted and storyline, yada, yada, yada. But when someone has a match in the ring, you could say, okay, this person beat that person. Because there was a match. Yes, scripted. Yes, it's written. Whatever. I'm not arguing that. But I don't see this as a as a victory over John Cena, because there was no there was no match. It was all one big vignette. the The Boneyard match at least had elements of a match. They fought. You know, it wasn't a traditional wrestling match. There weren't suplexes and scoop slams, arm drags. There wasn't any of that. But they fought. The Firefly Funhouse match, they didn't fight. It was all a vignette, and at the very end there was a, a move where The Fiend gave John Cena, Sister Abigail, one, two, three. Except there wasn't a ref. It was Bray Wyatt counting the win for The Fiend. None, none of that stood out in my head as a match. Now, if they... How do I want to phrase it? If they hadn't advertised it as a match I would have been more okay with it because I was expecting there to be some semblance of something to me it was just one big story played out on camera so that if was I a may refute hold on, or, yeah, or, you can. on okay he is chomping so, at the bit I, 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 I certainly no, am it's, it's, I, have, I have and it's I'm not arguing this. I'm hoping that maybe you can put it into perspective for me because the way I saw it, I saw, okay, we're, we're going to get John Cena versus The Fiend. Just like we got everybody else versus The Fiend, except for Goldberg versus The Fiend because that was a travesty. And I don't care how much you explain that, you'll never change my mind. Um, I expected it to be some sort of match, and it wasn't. It was a, it was a vignette. So maybe you can put some of this into perspective for me and help to maybe shape my opinion on this so I'm not so sour on this match. I get what they did. I understand the explanation. They went through John Cena's career, and The Fiend showed, you know, John Cena running through everybody, this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, how John Cena should have laid down for The Fiend when they had their match when he was the Swamp Wizard, but they didn't, yada, yada, yada. I get the point they were trying to make. But it just it, it was a letdown for me because it wasn't an actual match. So Beef, maybe you can explain this to me to kind of help to shape my view on it. Sure. So and and honestly, I did not pay attention to how the match was built. I don't know if they ever said the words Firefly Funhouse match or if that's what people 
what everybody was just kind of calling it. It could have been that Bray was just inviting Cena into the Firefly Funhouse. And and we all thought, we're, we're all like, okay, clearly it's going to be a fight. So, to be fair, there was more in-ring action with, with Cena versus Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend than there was of Randy Orton and Edge. Um, was it conventional? Mm-mm. It was very much start and stop, but it was still... There, there were still semblances of it. Here's what... So, and speaking of somebody who has a little bit of a of a um of a background in English, and again, you know, I I'm, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you all that I am, you know, a captain. You'd never be able to tell English, from listening to this show. But uh, exactly, but um, I will tell you that I do have a degree with uh, in English as an emphasis in secondary ed, so I do understand literature themes, etc. So that being said, when you're writing or in anything, there are three types of conflict. Man versus man, man versus nature, and man versus himself. At WrestleMania, we didn't see John Cena versus The Fiend. We saw John Cena versus John Cena. The idea was never for The Fiend. So when the Firefly Funhouse environment was pitched, and when this whole thing kind of came about, the idea was never for, 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 for the Fiend to get over on Cena and to beat Cena in the middle of the ring. Because when... The, the idea is that they wanted... I, I don't want to say they wanted to erase the past, but they wanted to um, bring it equal. That, 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 that they wanted to put them on an even playing field and, and show, them, show everybody how Bray has grown. The only problem is, is that doing so in front of all of six people in an empty performance center would not have had that same effect. So that's why they went with this Firefly Funhouse gimmick. And as opposed to putting Cena and Bray in a fight, which, you know, to be honest, I don't know that they would have topped what they did at WrestleMania 30. To me, John Cena did more to put Bray Wyatt over in that match than he did the rest of their feud or than anybody else did until The Fiend came along. If you go back and you watch John Cena versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 30, Cena was buying into Bray Wyatt, making him the new face of fear. Um, and, and I think that had Undertaker pulled the trigger and lost to him at WrestleMania 31, it'd be a different story. But we are where we are. So that being said, the idea, whenever it went to the route of the Firefly Funhouse, was that they wanted the Fiend to eviscerate him mentally. We know what the Fiend can do in the ring. We've seen him take terrible, terrible punishment from the likes of Seth Rollins. We've seen what he can do against opponents as far as, like, offensively. He's basically a a movie psychopath akin to Jason or Michael Myers where your best hope is to escape not to get a victory over so that being said the the idea here and this this really hit me as a gimmick from like the nightmare on elm street 
Like, this felt a lot like what Freddy Krueger did to his victims before he killed them. He put them in a situation but that was uniquely uncomfortable for them. Freddy Krueger was a creative fucking mastermind. And he, before he tortured them physically, tortured them mentally. And I think that that's what they're, step, they're, they're setting a stage for. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, invited Cena into the Firefly Funhouse, knowing that The Fiend would take Cena's history, twist it, put it on his ass, or put it him on his ass, knowing where he fucked up, knowing that he was inadequate, knowing that he just couldn't get it done at the right times. So to me, I think that this is the beginning of a story arc. And if they finish it, I think will be magnificent. But if they don't finish it, then we're left thinking what could be. Poot? Um, I mean, I honestly, Beef, you nailed it down. I, I think that, first of all, and this is not um, uh, admonishing you, Ransom. This is just saying... Well, your initial reaction to not enjoying it and kind of confusion about what this was, um, you're not even confusion about what it was. We were all kind of like had the Titus O'Neil like, I don't know what I just saw. You know what I mean? Like we all kind of were there, but not liking it. Like I immediately was sold. I was like, I love this. I love this. But I love the absurd. And I love seeing things like this. And I think... Yeah, there was a lot of goof in there. There was a lot of kind of goofy stuff, but there was also a lot of, like, really telling, cutting stuff that, like, tore Cena down. Like, really, really put him, like, on blast. And I thought that was good to see Cena really vulnerable and really torn down. And there's a really good... Uh, tweet. I can't remember who it was. Beef posted it in um, in our group chat. Uh, I can't remember the wrestler who put it up, but he's an indie wrestler, and he basically broke down scene by scene the uh, Firefly Funhouse match and the the take on the story that it told. And I think it was it was. I went back and watched it again, and it was very chilling. Whenever Bray was holding Cena in the Sister Abigail. And you heard Cena's voiceover from his promo he cut saying that this will be the end of the most overprivileged, overrated, like that thing. And like it, it, it like literally gave me goosebumps because I'm like, oh, Bray's going over here. Like, and he did like it, there was no super Cena. There was no political call. There was no nothing. It was Cena doing something that was legitimately best for business and really putting over the fiend and getting him back on track uh, after that loss to Goldberg, which was such a power play. So that juxtaposition is there of the power play that Goldberg had where he's like, well, I'm a superhero and people want to see, I'm, a, I'm for the kids want to see me win. They want to see me defeat the villain and the bad guy and everything like that. Um, and then this, which is a correction of that from from 
years and years ago, the Firefly Funhouse uh, match, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was roundly praised. The Boneyard match was praised higher, but I mean, if you're that's comparing, you know, apples and and bananas. You know what I mean? Because the 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 Boneyard match was an actual match, and um, I think that this was appropriate, and the people involved being Cena, who is very creative, and when he's willing to work and go go with the flow. It always ends up well. Bray is so creative. And Jeremy Borash, who was in on this, is is infinitely creative as well with uh with the work like he did on the the um the the final deletion and and, and all that stuff with Matt Hardy. Um and working with the broken universe in TNA. You got something that was wholly unique and wholly interesting and a way to not only correct a mistake of the past, but get someone who is, in my opinion, going to be one of your keynote players for the next couple years back on track to where he should be. This was a, a rub to the Fiend and Bray Wyatt that he desperately needed, and he got it. And he got it in a way that was very idiomatic to the character. So yeah, was it a match? No. It wasn't a match, but it was something that I feel like needed to happen, and it happened in a very entertaining way. All right. So after you two explain that, let me say this. I'm not looking for an argument. I'm just going to say this is my final thoughts on this Firefly Funhouse, whatever it was. My opinion has not improved on what I saw. Um, I still think this is one of the lower points for me of this WrestleMania. However, that opinion will change if they do what Beef explained, where if this is a tipping point or a, or a, or a kickoff point to something better, where John Cena just doesn't go away now, he's actually back for a little bit and... You know, when things pick up again, when wrestling starts wrestling, if The Fiend and, and John Cena actually have a feud, and this is just like the, the tipping point of that feud, or this is just a kickoff, my opinion will change then. Because then I can understand, like, oh, okay. So, whatever happened with Cena in the past happened. This happened this time with, with The Fiend and Bray Wyatt. And now we're going to have a final resolution. Maybe once things pick up again. I think my opinion will change at that point. I'll be able to see it more along the lines of, uh, okay, all right, I I get it. I get what they're doing. Okay. But if this is just, if this is it, like if John Cena just goes away now and The Fiend moves on to something else, I don't see a whole lot of, I don't see it at the point. Um, I, I don't necessarily see it as a correction because I don't feel like this put The Fiend over. You don't, so... So you don't think that the fiend absolutely breaking John Cena mentally and reducing him like the fiend was able to put John Cena on the mat with relative ease easier than he did with Goldberg easier than he did with Rollins or Bryan because he went through the process of breaking Cena mentally at the See, end I of don't, 
quote unquote match, there was no fight left in John Cena. You can't see me. You can't stop me. Um, never give up. Gave up. Like that's that's the point. Is that and 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 you can see it on Cena's shirt. You know, as as opposed to, as, as opposed to saying you can't see me, it said you can't stop me. That he he basically broke John Cena of his, you know, the 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 sanandments or whatever you want to call them, where you know, never give up, never surrender. He broke John Cena mentally, so that he could then break him physically. You're telling me that you don't see that that that, that John Cena end of the match is weak because I 100% believe that the wrestler John Cena, the 16-time world champion John Cena, was at his knees and had no comeback, no super whatever. He was down for the count. End of and his rope. Exactly. There was nothing left. He had nothing left to give. See, I didn't see it that way, because in all of the different skits or segments or whatever the hell you call it, where they where they would cut, and it's a different, different time period of John Cena or whatever. I don't see that as The Fiend breaking down John Cena, because John Cena was... The John Cena character, not John Cena the person, the John Cena character was playing along in all of that. Like, when he came out as Hulk Hogan, I have no idea what the hell that was. When he's lifting all those weights and going crazy, like, The Fiend, to me, wasn't breaking him down. At that point, he wasn't mentally destroying him John Cena was just goofing off with him like it was just like a hey I'm John Cena I'm in this goofy skit and I'm so, coming down as Hulk Hogan and I'm coming down as the prototype and hey let me let me ask I you saw, this have hold you on, hold on shut your face I saw nothing in that that was the fiend is breaking down John Cena if John Cena was constantly battling him during this Firefly Funhouse whatever then yes I see that if John Cena was constantly trying to fight him, but Bray was teleporting everywhere and, 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 and verbally breaking him down the whole time, yes, I would see it that way. But I just but saw it was. as a skit. Cena was, though. Cena was trying to fight him mentally. Like, the fact... So, um, the, the, the ruthless aggression, the, the prototype. I'm John Cena, ruthless aggression, and he pops Kurt Angle. Ruthless the fact aggression. that the fiend... The, the fact that Bray kept moving and he kept missing was John's mental, like, the id, uh, his, his own mental image of himself, trying to do just that and, and, and having zero success. I think the, that and, would be and your him, ego, actually. You're right. I anyway. apologize. <laughs> and him lifting what the weights was like... Him, him lift, lift, lifting the weights was like he could not stop lifting the weights until he was absolutely torn down, which, you know, harkened back to his injury of his, um, his, his quadricep, um, or not his quadricep, his, um... Pack. Bicep. His bicep, right. That, that, that he overexerted himself, like, just, just trying to please everybody. Like, the idea was that the Fiend had such a grip and, and such... Understanding. A space in John's, and, and, and such a space in John Cena's head that he was pulling the strings the whole time. Cena, with all of his power, with all of his might, with all of his super Cena, could not fight the mental strings that Bray Wyatt had attached. And the, the fiend Bray Wyatt, whoever, was just pulling the strings, and Cena was dancing like a marionette. That's the idea, that Cena had no control. Like, yeah, he was going along with it, but you saw at different points where Cena 
had the uh, the come to Jesus moment where he had the revelation. He's like, wait, I'm somewhere where I shouldn't be. How do I get out of this? And he tries to fight, and Bray laughs it off, and then boom, they're somewhere else. Like every time that the, the Cena tried to fight, and 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 was trying to you know starting to get cognizant and starting to snap out of it is when they snapped to a different thing, which was again why it knowing okay my strings are getting you know kind of uh, kind of loose here. Let me go back and reaffirm my grip on something altogether different. Um, so basically, just whenever John Cena thought he was getting to you know a, a breakthrough on A, B, or C. Why it was like, here's X, here's V, here's, you know, the letter Q, deal with it. And, and, and that was why John Cena failed, because he, and, and this is kind of an um, uh, um, uh, idiomatic of John Cena's entire career, like, where John Cena had to balance so much stuff that at the end of the day, something had to go. And here we sit, where John Cena's a part-timer, and now in Hollywood making millions of dollars, which he criticized Dwayne Johnson for no more than, what, four or five years ago. Well, I guess almost, my God, uh, almost, almost ten years ago now. So, like, to me, this is just kind of like... And, and it's, it's all of it, man. And, and see, that's, that's what I love about the Firefly Funhouse segment, is that it's 100% open to interpretation. Um, what that dude, that 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 wrestler, the the the, the breakdown or breakdown segment, he's one hundred percent right. You know what Putin and I are saying, we're one hundred percent right. You know what you're saying, it's it's all interpretation. Um, because I'll tell you what, I I I thought for a fact that one hundred percent this would be roundly welcomed and applauded because there was so much shit in there for the smarks. Um, if nothing else, oh the, the Mr. McBoss man puppet, where this is such good, good shit, shit. stolen yeah. directly from a John Moxley promo after he left the Fed that talked about Vince saying, you know, this is such good shit about crap that wasn't. Vince yep. loved it, and he, he laughed it, and he, you know, roundly signed off on it. So, like, there was so much of, like, that smarky stuff in there that I'm like, oh, man, people are gonna love this. In reality, it's probably closer to a 50-50 split. Because there are a lot of people who think just like Ransom that hey you know we there was a chance for John Cena really to to to, to pass the torch and 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 just and do basically what he did against Brock Lesnar against SummerSlam uh, four years ago and just get just get crushed and just get rolled over and make the Fiend look old and yeah that 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 would have been all right too but this is special and like I said man like this is 100% reminiscent of A Nightmare on Elm Street. To the point where, at some time, at some points, you root for Freddy Krueger, but eventually, you know that he's going to get toppled. You know that someone's going to beat him. So to me, like that's, that's the story here, is who is going to... I, I think, honestly, they're going to try to erase the, the victory from Goldberg. I think that they're just going to kind of scrub that out. And well, they're going to now go with the idea... Like who's going to be the guy to take down the fiend now? Well, now that he's so powerful, and and that's the thing is that uh, I think a lot of this was preventative measures to begin that erasing of it, and also the other fact that that Goldberg now that it's come out publicly that Goldberg kind of had a power play 
against Bray to get that belt and to be like, oh, no, you know what I mean? He kind of went into business for himself, for lack of a better term, uh, to to come out the the champion. I I think that this is the, the genesis, and you're absolutely right, Beef, that they're trying to forget that. And also the fact that it was one, at one of the Saudi blood money, the bloodening for the blood reckoning of the revenant, the, uh, you know, I, I think whenever someone has a victory over the fiend at a big show, one of the big four, presumably more than likely next year's WrestleMania, if not further down the road or minimum SummerSlam, uh, next next year, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna learn from their mistakes that they made with Bray Wyatt and the Fiend, and they're going to move forward in an appropriate manner. Now, let me ask you this question, Beef, because I already know I I feel like Ransom can answer this qu- more quickly and succinctly. Sure. Would you guys have preferred? A squat, a, a an effective squash match in the ring, like a standard match, versus what we got. Hell no, hell no. Squash of many was already running wild with Goldberg versus Strowman and Lesnar versus McIntyre basically being carbon copies of one another. Um, you know, uh, a squash match is exactly what this mania did not need. Ironically, I think that that's probably what would have happened had we gotten Cena versus The Fiend in a ring in front of 80,000 people in Tampa. I think that The Fiend probably would have squashed John Cena. Um, But this is like the next best thing in my mind that they can, you know, just destroy John Cena mentally. And they'll probably build him back up, Cena, that is. And, I, you know... I don't know if at that point if he would deserve to beat the fiend or not because again, we got to be forward thinking. We got to be forward booking. You know, you. So the the I, I guess the problem now becomes now you've booked yourself into a corner because you have to have the good guy win in all this. Like no matter how much people cheer the fiend, no matter how much like it, it could be eighty thousand people cheering the fiend and a thousand people cheering John Cena. At the end of the day, the fiend is the bad guy, and he has to lose. Uh, but I think that they need to figure out a clever way for John Cena to be able to transfer that, you know, um, 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 the the Perseus, the, the the Herculean, whatever. Like he needs to be able to transfer that. Hey, I'm the good guy mantle to somebody else in order for them to destroy the fiend. And I don't know how they do that. But I think that they're kind of in a corner now to where they have a, an interesting problem. All right, Poot, can you repeat your question? Because I, I lost it in, 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 in listening to Beef. Yes. Not and, that Beef wasn't good. I, I, I enjoyed that explanation. I did. I just can't remember exactly how you phrased your question. What I said, would you have preferred a standard in-ring match where the Fiend basically just squashes Cena? Or would you have preferred what we got? Like... Like, would you have preferred having a uh, the the match that we assumed was going to happen, or would you rather have had what we got? Now, Ransom, I want to hear your opinion, but I see someone popped up in our little Discord thing. I wouldn't mind hearing Casual Gaming that himself, Mister Tiger. 
uppercut bomb tom's opinion on this um i honestly don't have an opinion because i haven't watched wrestlemania <laughs> I'm, pulling the, I'm pulling the ransom here um i'm not i'm the old man not watching anything right now <laughs> good man well you've been yeah. you've been really busy streaming it up man i oh, have been man. i have been streaming my ass off just because fuck it <laughs> i mean what what like there's there's no other income besides unemployment coming in, and the kids aren't going back to school for the rest of the school year. So that's that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That I, I don't know. Did you Did you hear that today, Ransom? You yep. having children? Yeah. I I yep. just found out this evening, so I'm like, oh, well, that's fine. I wasn't surprised. I figured that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, they were do they're done on what June fifth. Um, I don't know. I think June fifth is is what my uh, my sister is a teacher. She yeah. she told me. So I mean, I I hate to say it. It is what it is. And I you know I really got to feel bad. <laughs> I know we're getting off topic here, and I apologize. Uh, no, Ransom that's that's uh, no. I should apologize for that because I kind of I kind of derailed it there. No, but no. I, I but um no. I I mean I do plan to go back and watch Mania at some point. But honestly, I've it, it's been. Stressful, man. It, it's been stressful. Let's yeah, be it's yeah. Honestly, like it, it's been a struggle to do much of anything. Like I, I'm just trying to find the energy to do stuff. And I'll be honest, like streaming has been a respite as well for for everything going on too. So well, it and so. I, I can understand the ennui, man. Like the, it's it's a bitch, especially when it's it like is. you basically are stuck in hurry up and wait. Yeah, pretty much like, so. Yeah, but Ransom, what do you what do you think? Because I've been I've been getting a whole lot of mixed reviews too. I hear a lot of people say that they loved it. I hear people say they hated it. I I saw something and I I wasn't sure if it was I, I didn't realize it was from the Firefly Funhouse match, but I saw like the little NWO thing yeah. with like Cena coming out, and I was like, this is fucking great. So I, from that, I liked it. But I somebody as somebody who actually watched the whole thing, what do you think? Um. I, I would have liked it more if it was either a fiend squash match of John Cena or if it was an if it was an all out match between the two and you know it wasn't necessarily a squash but the fiend came out looking strong and getting you know a win over a fighting John Cena. Um I I would have my opinion of that match would have been a lot higher. Even if they would have done something like the Boneyard match where they actually physically went at it and they fought through... I guess it's... I don't know. Maybe it's the whole psychological thing that I'm just not super high on. Like, I understand what you are saying, Beef and Poot. Like, I, I understand your explanations of it. I do. Um, you know, I don't... It's not that I'm not understanding what's, what's going on in this match, but if they would have done more of a boneyard match where they fought through the Firefly Funhouse and fought through, you know, in, in a physical way, the prototype gimmick and the Swamp Wizard gimmick ultimately fighting physically to the Fiend gimmick and the Fiend beating him, I would have enjoyed that more. So to answer your question, Poot, yeah, if they would have done something, either a squash match or an actual physical competition, even if it wasn't just in the ring, if it was a boneyard style match done through the Firefly Funhouse, whatever. Now so, I would have enjoyed that more. So now I, I I got what um I I'm surprised I didn't see it. I don't know if you guys caught on to it or not either. 
and I don't know if it, if it was already brought up and mentioned uh, from the start of this topic, but did anybody look and see uh, Cena's Instagram? Because he usually like posts some, like just yes off the funny of like funny stuff. So uh, f- from all accounts, from what I heard, like Cena's Instagram was just full of nothing but like different Bray Wyatt pictures, like him as Husky Harris, uh, like old Swamp Wizard Bray, the Fiend, like. So, so I guess they were trying to bend to the uh, illusion of really, like, like you guys were saying, like Bray Wyatt, like being in his head and fucking with his head. That's all he could think about, or whatever, or like that. You know, Bray was pulling the strings. So, I, well, I didn't know if that was brought up or not. Well, and then after the fact, after the match, and after Mania, he he was posting stuff from that match. Uh, okay. Like it, and again, it's that thing of like you know, Cena just blinked out of existence. So it's yeah. like, you know, now, now what? Like, and so here's an interesting take that I heard. Somebody said that they thought that it was all in John Cena's head because he came out for his entrance and then he just like went from the performance center to the fun house and then was gone. Just, you know, gone. And, and obviously that's a. <laughs> That's a whole thing to the you know you can't see him bit too. So but, so saying that the the actual match that happened at Mania was all in Cena's head and it never actually took place. Right, which like begs some the inception question, level shit. Right, which which I think is exactly what it's meant to be because honestly I don't think that the Firefly Funhouse is like a real place. Now obviously you know. Right, because we, we understand that it that 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 it's a real place, but I mean storyline wise, story, yeah, story exactly. wise, like yeah, this be, this be, this easy. This hold exists, on, this Sorry. this place <laughs> exists somewhere between you know Midgard and 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 fucking um you know who, who's it, what's it, Phil? Like this is out there in the ether somewhere, man. Like you can't walk to it, you can't drive to it, you can't fly to it. It just exists through a portal <laughs> that only Bray Wyatt you know operates. It's you know? a pocket dimension. Well, honestly, if you think about it, if you go back to if you go back to the very beginnings of the Firefly Funhouse, when Bray was starting to introduce it, he's he's said it so many times. He said it's a safe space. So I think really it's if if what you're saying, like that, that this whole thing was like in Cena's head or whatever, or maybe it's all in Bray's head that it happened because the Firefly Funhouse is supposed to be a safe space where everybody feels safe there, including Bray Wyatt, because he's not hurt there because the fiend will protect him or this and that. Like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of like it's his place of healing from all the all the wrong that he's that's been done to him. You know what I mean? For lack of better terms, not saying that he fits his personality of like somebody that needs a safe space, but it's his safe space. You know what I mean? And the fact that we are having these conversations and posing so many different possibilities, I think is, I think is, is really positive and really good that we are having to have these discussions. Right. Cause it, cause it shows you, they, they showed enough (coughs) creativity and, uh, uh, and something just they just gave us something of substance for people to really chew on and like really you know give them something to talk about um you, you know it's it's uh 
it, it wasn't some just like cut and dry like this is what it is here it is and it's done and have a good night like i bet you i i bet you the marks hated it and 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 not that i'm comparing ransom to a mark because i value him far more than that oh, but i bet you, you but, but 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 i bet you that they'll have that exact same well it's not a match like i don't i don't watch wrestling for bullshit i, I want to see a match motherfucker oh, you know, oh so i want to hear I, jim think... Cornette's fucking take on this Oh God, I, don't, I don't because he, I don't. yeah, he's he's a, a fucking stick in the mud all the time anyway. But that's um, true. But yeah, he, I mean, he can his rants are funny as dicks to listen to. Funny as dicks. What kind of dicks you looking at? Put that are funny. Well, I well, mean, listen, you know, oh. because you brought him up, we dissected this Firefly Funhouse match. We can move on to more WrestleMania stuff here, but I want to have a little break uh, in the conversation, and I want to pose. A wrestling version of Million Dollars Butt. Oh, okay. So, this doesn't have to go long. I don't need a diatribe answer. You can give one if you want to. I don't care. Cool. <laughs> Beef. Oh. <laughs> but. Look at Sassy Magoo coming in. All right, go yeah, on. you know. Like, you get a million dollars butt. Like a fucking p Tom, Tom Lesnar over here, part-time showing up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Tom Lesnar. Hey, hey, Shut hey up. I ain't seen any money from you. <laughs> Shut up. Here's the thing. You get a million dollars, but one day a week for the rest of your life, you are held hostage by Jim Cornette, and you have to listen to him rant about how much he dislikes the current product. Wait, okay. So this is a one-time million-dollar payment, correct? One-time million-dollar payment for and the rest of your life, once a week, you can even choose the day. doesn't matter. But you are literally held hostage by Jim Cornette. You can't leave. You can't go do what you want to do. You can't ignore him by watching TV. You are held hostage and forced to listen to him rant about his dislike of the current product. For a full so 24 hours? So current product, full 24 hours. Current product starting now, the whole way till you're dead. Whatever the current product is at the time. You have to what listen to him dead? for one day a week. Yeah, I was going to say, What's he's going to die before me, right? Yeah. Well, well he lives until dead? you die. Oh, oh no. We're affected. It's like the, it's like the Firefly Flood flood house. The Firefly, <laughs> Firefly Fun House. I can't even say it. It's like the Firefly Flood House match. I did it again. <laughs> Jim Cornette might not exist to anybody else, but to you, he exists until the day you die. Fuck. Uh, I don't think a million dollars is worth it. I man, if, okay. if it if it was maybe a million dollars once a year, maybe I'd entertain it. But a one time million dollar thing, eh, probably not. Okay, I, I it's it's just it's for me it's more of a practical inconvenience. Like I I don't know. I was absolutely sold on hell yeah I will do that, um. Because occasionally he does break up his negativity with some positive statements. Note how I said some. Um, here's here, like like one out of a million. Well, seriously, um, you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, I as long as I could just hear him rant. And don't get me started on pockets, the wrestler motherfucker. Um, uh, I love. I, I will say that I hate his opinion of Orange Cassidy, but I love he calls him pockets. Um, the, <laughs> That's uh, good. Um, I was sold on saying yes 
because it's only one day a week and I could bring a, you know, a 30 rack with me and just make a day of it. Um, but once you said Jim Cornette lives as long as I do, I don't want to add any more years to that man's life. No, no. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, yes, yes, yes. And twice on Sunday, me and the me and one of the greatest wrestling minds, greatest wrestling promoters, greatest wrestling manager of all time. I don't care if he's fucking reading Twilight to me, man. Like Jim and I are gonna have something to talk about. So you know what? I'll I'll do it. Like it, it it's it's it, it's gonna be you know. Now, wait, at, wait, wait. At, Wait, one second. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I need a clarification here before you say yes, Beef. Ransom, you said we have to listen to him. Do we get to talk back at him? You can talk back all you want to. Will he, the man will does he... not stop talking for 24 hours. Oh. You can pose all the questions you want to, but he's just going to keep going. So he's so he's gonna ignore us. So it's like he's. Oh, yeah. but will he? But but will he respond to what we're saying? Like you know, if 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 we're like, oh, that fucking Roman Reigns, dude, and I'm like, well, yeah, but what about John Cena? Oh, well, John Cena, like you know, yep. is, is it? He'll do that. He'll oh. do that. But he won't stop and have a conversation with you. You can try to derail him onto a different topic. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Like, if he's talking about Orange Cassidy, he's going to hate on him till the cows come home, and you probably won't change his mind until he's done talking. That Okay, that's a horse of a different color. I was under the assumption that we had to just sit and listen. Quietly. Yeah, I was I was under that I assumption. I mean, you can, you, can try to change, you can try to change the topic of conversation. Sometimes it might work, sometimes it might not, depending on how much he hates the current person or how passionate he feels about what he's currently talking about at that time. But like you said, Beef, if he's talking about Roman Reigns and you bring up John Cena, that might trigger him and go, ah, John Cena, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's a horse of a different color. Then I'm going to say yes. I thought I had to just sit and listen. Um, I, I guess, uh, yeah, I was just, I'm kind of with you on that one, Poot. I, I think I'd change my answer to yes. Like, yeah, I, I probably, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, probably yes. Beef? Yeah, man. I think I think that as a whole, the wrestling world could do well to you know kind of sit under the the, the tree of Cornet. Not all the time because he's kind of crazy a lot of the time, but kinda. You know, That's just just like yeah, just shit. like Russo, just just like Russo. Like there's a lot of gold in them dar hills. You just oh, have God. to dig deep enough. So oh, uh, don't. Okay, listen. I will give Jim Cornette credit. I will. I will give the man credit. He he is he is smart, and there is a lot to glean from him uh, on 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 a lot of things when he's not being super negative. But or don't super you racist. fucking don't you fucking give credit to that stupid bro son of a bitch. Don't oh my you god, do it. he's bro uh... bro. He's responsible for the attitude error. Yeah, everybody the fucking jerks the off. Fucking, the, fucking jerks off to the Attitude Era 24-7. How the I Attitude Era was the absolute best thing in sports entertainment ever. Ratings were so high, blah, blah. But that was all Vince Russo. No. So if you like no. the Attitude Era, you have to be fucking willing to suck off Vince Russo. No, no you don't. No, you don't, bro. No, no you bro. don't. Like, you, uh, it, it, do no, not. Man. But no. No, man. No, look. <laughs> you... Like, he, he was responsible for that one time in that one period because he has this gross, insane, cartoon, perverted mind. 
after uh, that, well, once That's everyone, once there. everyone, once everyone grew up, once everyone grew up and things evolved past that brief little window, he was obsolete and useless. Yeah, and then what did he do? He fucking had a hand in helping to put the fucking world heavyweight title on David Arquette. Which I, so. I still think that Vince Russo was on Vince McMahon's fucking payroll. Okay, now we're getting WCW. Tin, we're getting tinfoil hattie. Let's dial it back. No, man. Because <laughs> listen. No, bro. No, man. No, bro. No, they were you, such, bro. I kill you. <laughs> there were such awful ideas at the fucking Titanic sinking of WCW. Fucking like, and, and you know who would love the stuff that was going on in WCW? You know who would think that that would be such good shit? Hmm. Just saying. Anyway, let's bring it back to WrestleMania. So let's go from one extreme to the other. The Boneyard match. I'm gonna start with. I want to start with Ransom on this one because he was not a fan of the of the Firefly Funhouse uh, event match. Mind fuck, whatever you want to call it. But Ransom, I gotta believe that you like that boneyard match. Oh. You you okay? Yeah, I was delaying so I could get a drink of water. Okay, cool. Um I I thought the boneyard match was a hundred and ten percent spot on. I loved it. Uh, that's that's a match that I don't think would have done as good in the ring as a traditional wrestling match. So if there was no COVID and they would have just done AJ Styles versus The Undertaker in the middle of the ring for however long that match went, I think it still would have been good. Because honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think that AJ Styles could have a bad match. And if you put Undertaker, at, even at this course with his current age, if you put him in the ring against the right person, he's going to have a stellar match. So, if they would have had a one-on-one match in the middle of the ring, would it have been great? Yes. But, I think the Boneyard match is, is what stole the show for WrestleMania for me. I thought night one was by far the better night. And I think finishing that night out with that Boneyard match was the best idea they've had for this whole WrestleMania. So It was amazing. I wouldn't change a shut up. I wouldn't change a single thing about it. The whole, the whole thing, the entrances, the match itself, or whatever you want to call it, the end, Undertaker wearing what he wore, coming to the Boneyard match on his motorcycle, all of the American badass, not having the... To Metallica, the by the way. Yes. Coming, yeah, to yeah, the, man. coming to the match with Metallica, good lord. That absolutely stole the show for me, and I think that's probably the best thing if that if there's a highlight of this year's WrestleMania, it's the Boneyard match by a mile. Okay, so my question, because fuck me, but uh, you know what what entailed in a Boneyard match? Was it closer to a buried alive match? Was it a yes? Oh, dude. Okay, that, was, uh, that's what I wanted. It was, wanted to do. It was basically a street fight. It was it was basically a street fight with uh, with buried alive rules. Okay, so you had to put your opponent in a grave, and there was a bulldozer. Filled with dirt, and you had to crank yeah. the bulldozer and to drop the dirt on your opponent. Fun so it was a buried alive match. Okay, got fun, it. fun fact: all the jawing in that match that they did was completely made up by them. Mm-hmm. See what I happens when Undertaker. 
when 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 he punched the window and he started bleeding and he's like, "You made me cut myself, man!" Like that's <laughs> nobody good makes shit. Me Nobody my makes me blood. bleed my own blood. Nobody. <laughs> now, it, it was, dude, you see what happens when you put, when you put the, the, or get hand the reins over to the people who are actually performing, performing the damn thing. Yep. Like it was awesome. The right people though. The, the right yes. people. And that's, and, and that's what's important. <laughs> you can't just be given all these jag offs, all, all this free reign. But if that's WCW, people, right? Yeah, wouldn't that right. be terrible? People, wouldn't it be terrible yeah. if, if like three or four random jagoffs had a platform to just jaw about wrestling stuff? <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be terrible? That's why this show's a dumpster fire, and we have four <laughs> listeners. Hey, I. Uh, speaking that's of why the breaking kayfabe gets more listeners than the actual wrestling show. Wow, <laughs> spot on. Speaking of dumpster fires. Uh, and AJ Styles. This ties it. To, this ties in together. I want to want to bring up something I actually just saw recently on Instagram. Um, it was uh, it was AJ Styles versus Rhino in the first ever Evolution X match or whatever. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for as much of a trash fire as Impact has become, um, I've watched this match. It, it wasn't a very long match. It was like maybe under fifteen minutes. But it was it was really well done the way they did it. And I just gotta like that kind of ties into, you know, like AJ being such a great performer. Like you can put him in the ring uh, against just about anybody and any kind of stipulation. And I think he's just one of those types of people who, you know, when when all is said and done, he is definitely going to go down in history as one of the greatest if he isn't already close to that, you know, close to that mark. But uh. The the uh, the evolution X match the it was um they had to climb on top of the X structure that was like uh you know in suspension over the ring or whatever on this like you know steel girder beams and stuff and at one point uh he was like hiding from Rhino like inside the structure because it was hollow in the middle and I was just like wow that like I've never fucking seen anything like that before like ever and it was it was hilarious like it like just him like. You know, just kind of ducking and cover, ducking for cover, and you know, I mean, literally and figuratively trying to catch his breath and everything like that. It it was great. It was a really good match. So if you get a chance to go back and watch it again, it's not a very long match. Go check it out. But I had to throw that in there. It, well, well, I mean, going... What was your take on the Boneyard match? Um. So I, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. Um, I I don't put the Firefly Funhouse uh, too many steps behind that one. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, the the boneyard match was everything that I think that we as fans wanted, um, you know, including a fucking like Power Ranger esque battle where Taker took out all the druids. Like I, you know, the the it, the, it, it, the club putties, the yeah, OC putties. Like, it was <laughs> it was it was exactly what it needed to be. And 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 I, the one point I will disagree with you on ransom is that I think oh. that it would have been a. a fucking huge pile of shit in the middle of the ring. Oh. Um, I love The Undertaker, man. <clears throat> like, you cannot point to a better character. Uh-oh. The Matrix has him. The Matrix took him. Took that pill again. Yep. It, he can't blame me. We're solid. Yep. Well, really quick, before he comes back, I want to throw this in. All the druids that were in there, 
that uh, Taker took down, they were, um, they were, uh, I guess, newer or indie wrestlers, and they were super nervous. And like AJ Styles and um, uh, Gallows and Anderson and the Undertaker, like took time to like took time to like, um, uh, you know, take them under their wing and tell them, Hey, it's going to be cool. This is what we're going to do. Let's work this out. And they were super like welcoming and friendly to them. Also WWE went out of their way to hire, uh, people outside the company, like a production team to like make this happen to hire local people in the Orlando area to try and give them work. Oh, during, good for them. During these downtimes. So, like, the Boneyard match legit was, like, a really good thing, not only for all those involved, but, like, the people that were that might not have had that gig otherwise. So, there Beef, you go. You back? Let's see if Beef's back from the Matrix. Nope, he's still gone. Well, uh, while we're waiting for Beef to come back, Poot, me, if, what, did, what was your if, take on it? Hold on. If Beef, if Beef, if you can hear us, exit out of Discord and come back in. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably probably your best option at this point, dude. I loved it. I was I I was sold from the second that. And Tom, I'm sorry for spoilers, buddy. But um, no, it's no, it's I already know the results. Um, I just didn't. I I just have again the finding the time. And that's why AJ Styles versus Undertaker was the worst thing at WrestleMania ever. <laughs> I agree. I agree with beef. Let's move on to poop. All right. So oh. no beef. Sorry, you, go, you just came back. So beef. You, you the last thing I heard from you was you were saying that if it was done in the middle of the ring, it would have been the shits. Yeah, because he is uh, uh, Undertaker is at an advanced stage where he's I think become a little bit unsafe in the ring, and if you have to rely on somebody else to kind of protect the match, I don't think that that's what a veteran should be doing. The veteran should be the one calling the match. Should be the one carrying the match. So, um, you know, again, WrestleMania 31 notwithstanding, because I think that was a different style of match, but everything else, WrestleMania 30 plus, had, and at any event, he's been not the same. So to me, this let him be physical, this let him be extraterrestrial, if you want to, if, 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 if mystical, I guess is the better word. Um, it, it, it gave him all the bells and whistles that we expect without exposing any of his flaws. So... In addition to like wanting to see the rest of this, well, a lot of the Fiends matches booked the same way, like a very like cinematic effect. I want to see all of the Undertaker's, the rest of his matches, be cinematic like this, where they can hide his fault and just focus on what he does well. All right, so Poot, what did you think of the Boneyard match? I, dude, I thought it was fantastic. From the second that the hearse pulled up and they brought the casket out and AJ Styles popped out, I, I immediately was like, this, this whole thing's gonna be fucking amazing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I knew, and then wondering because they kind of blew the load on the 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 gimmick of like, oh, it's the dead man and a hearse and a casket and blah blah blah. Like, I was like, we're getting Biker Taker. We're getting the American Badass. 
Oh, and man, hearing him come into Metallica, this him getting off the bike, the camera panning up, and he's just he looks like a grizzled old <clears throat> bastard you see at a dive bar who like <laughs> you look at him wrong and he'll punch you in the mouth for no reason, chug your beer and then take your wife home. Like he's which, just he looked like a mean bastard. And I which loved Metallica it. song was it? Was it for It was the Now That We're Dead off no. of uh um uh, oh, I hardwired, keep hardwired to self destruct. Yeah, Dude, uh, that, I was gonna say it's that must be a newer one because I don't know that song at all. I I don't know much at all past like reloads. So. It's it's the newest one, and like seriously, you should listen to it. It's a really good listen. Um, there's a couple filler tracks, but not too many. Um, uh, it's a great record. It it is very good. I recommend Halo on Fire. That's my favorite track from that oh my god yeah oh, dude halo. moth the flame is really good too but halo on fire is like it is yeah um but anyway by the way, but... did you guys i i read that undertaker is actually going to be retaining this gimmick um from now until when the undertaker is gone allegedly which i'm okay with i'm okay with it because it feels like it feels like a culmination Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a callback. It feels like this is like, all right, I'm at the end of my road. Let's just make this as mean as possible. Like, I love it. But anyway, dude, it just the jawing that they did was so good. It felt like a fight. It didn't feel like a wrestling match. It felt like a fight. I love the thing. The only thing that I thought was a little confusing was the fact that Gallows and Anderson apparently have druids. I I mean, like that was really weird. But like once that passed, it it immediately went back into it. I I loved the the little bit of gimmicky stuff of like Taker reappearing behind Styles and them going up on the roof um the heavily edited styles getting thrown off of the roof um uh and then once taker one riding away you know with with the laser taker symbol on the barn and stuff dude it was just good i i maybe i'm gushing too much but still you know almost a week out of mania at this point i I loved it. I thought it was great, and I thought it was the highlight of Mania, along with the Firefly Funhouse. That's for me. Those two matches, for me, were the highlight of the entire event. What about you, Ransom? How did you feel about the uh, the Boneyard match? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was the best thing at this year's WrestleMania. <clears throat> I like wouldn't I have changed said, a man, thing. I thought it was amazing. Like I said, man, like I honestly believe whether it's, you know, through Survivor Series this year, through WrestleMania next year, or whether it's two years from now, we get The Undertaker so sparingly, I would be 100% okay with them using the cinematic touch with his matches because it made me forget that The Undertaker is, like, almost a 60-year-old man. It made me forget that he had all these glaring flaws and made me remember that he's a fucking badass. So, I think I mean, it that, gives the character more longevity. It does, 100%. Yeah. And it gives be- him more be- versatility. 
because he's protecting himself. He doesn't have to take these stupid bumps anymore because they can just cut away and he can land on a big fucking foam mat. You could roll out 10 more years of The Undertaker oh. doing this shit. And, and I think as long as he looks believable, what, you know, what, what's the problem with it? Right? Yeah. yeah that, I think not, they proved at this idea. year's WrestleMania that it can work. They proved with the Boneyard match that this type of cinematic match with The Undertaker, it can work. So if they do another Buried Alive or they do a casket match or if they do any number of uh, you know, gimmicky matches, if they make it this type of cinematic match, they've proven that it can work. And The Undertaker looked better than he's looked at, I, I don't know how many past WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he honestly reminded me of The Undertaker as the American Badass way back in the early 2000s. Yep. He, he looked great. I got I, I got to say that I, uh, I I started to try to watch um, Monday Night Raw. I think it was the the last one right before Mania, and, um, and and I saw the the promo that he had that he cut at like the very beginning of the of the program on AJ. And I actually I really enjoyed that promo that he cut. I, I really did. I thought it was cool, and he, I like how he uh, you know brought like you know brought to the fact he's like he's like well he's like since we're you know breaking down the fourth wall there alan i'm like oh all right D- and, like it yeah no and that that's exactly the point is that it's it, it, it like it gives him the ability to be a scary bastard it gives him the ability to loosen up and be like do you know who i am you know yeah. what i mean it gives him uh, more of an ability, like Beef said, to not take the nasty bumps and just be a brawler. Now, uh, now I gotta ask, and I don't know if you guys already brought it up. Um, obviously, because I, you know, it was uh, about uh, you know an hour in or an hour in before I came in. Um, I wasn't too thrilled to hear that Charlotte had won, um, but uh, I guess. It's probably for the same reason that they are, um, uh, that that like you had mentioned that they probably are or are definitely going to uh, vacate the the cruiserweight title and stuff like that because of people's travel visas and stuff from like That's from all fake the news. different. I actually just sent that link to everybody. Um, no, Rhea Ripley confirmed. I think she sent like a snap story or, or an Instagram story, or whatever. She she's in Orlando. She's going to be used for NXT tapings in the future. Um. The, the reason that Charlotte won is because Vince thought she's a babyface. And they wanted God. to put over a bunch of the babyfaces. That's why Becky won. That's why Charlotte won. You know... I don't... I'm not trying to deny Charlotte's ability in general because, I mean, like... She, she's good. But... Like, does she really need? If Charlotte is so is supposed to be held in such the high caliber that she makes herself out to be, and everything like that, character wise and everything, does she really need a title? Like, did she really let, need to win against Rhea Ripley? Let me posit this out here: for the first time this year. And probably, I think the second time overall, NXT beat AEW in the in the, uh, the 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 viewership this week. Really? Um, yes, yep. by by a thousand, but by hook or by crook. 
you know, how much of that was it being, you know, takeover on USA, uh, which, by the way, was fucking awesome. If you guys haven't watched it, uh, the ladder match was great, and Tom- Ciampa versus Gargano was easy like an hour, but it was well worth the watch. Um, pro- probably the best told story I've seen uh, in-, in a long time. But, um, you know, I-, I wonder how much of that is like the mainstream people that are like, oh, you know, is Charlotte going to be on NXT this week? Let's see. And, you know, I, I-, I think that so- honestly, if-, if we're being real, I think that some of the uptick had a little bit to do with that. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. That's, what? that's a possibility, but I, I like, I, I will say, yeah, like I wasn't, whenever I saw that, whenever I read the results, I just, you know, w- read the quick hits. I'm like, Oh, you know, okay. I expected like, yeah, I expected street profits to win. Yeah. I expected Alistair black to win. And yes, I was overjoyed that Goldberg, you know, would lost the title, but you know, uh, like all that fun stuff. But then I was just kind of like Charlotte. I'm like, God damn it. Well, like really? See, and here's the thing that we tend to forget about that, Tom, is that we are in the minority of Charlotte Flair popularity. Like, every mm-hmm. YouTube channel, like, wrestling YouTube channel, podcast, or whatever, they listen to, they love Charlotte. Not that they're lauding her as the greatest of all times or anything, but they're like, mm-hmm. they love her because whether you like her or not, she does deliver, man. Like, oh, I mean, she does. And, and you think about this, she hasn't been going at it very long. Just imagine her growth really is exponential. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like I had said earlier, like I'm, I'm not denying her ability because she, you know, again, I, I feel for as good for as good as she is. She, in my opinion, I, I hold her in regard as that she doesn't need a title to 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 be as good as she is um so i i guess i guess i really just wanted to see you know i really wanted to see them kind of grow ria a little bit more giving her you know kind of get ria getting the rub getting the victory over charlotte is all that that's just you know that's just so, me that's just me wanting yeah. a little bit more for ria not necessarily to take away from what charlotte has already done. You know what I mean? Here's why I'm okay with Charlotte winning and with Becky winning. Because I really truly believe that if the if Mania was in front of 80,000 people, I think that both Rhea and Baszler would have went over. I think they're saving the ascension of those two in front of a bigger house. McIntyre was over like gangbusters. Uh, they've spent the last part, the better part of the last year, really building him up. Yeah. So him winning in front of nobody, while it sucked for him, didn't really hurt his ascension. With Rhea, is she is such a brand new commodity. Even to NXT, she hit NXT what just before War Games last year. Um, and then won the title at the uh, the Christmas Eve episode of NXT. So, like, she's such a new commodity, and Baszler is brand new in the main roster. They both need time in front of people to really dig in. And to me, if you make... If, if you do the passing of the torch, the changing of the guards in front of a giant house, you're going to get a much bigger reaction that's going to swell and carry them on that wave of momentum. 
was so well, I guess what I'm saying is McIntyre didn't need to win in front of all those people. I think that those two women did. Okay. And I think that I'm okay. And again, as long as the end game is both of them getting over Lynch and Charlotte respectively, as long as that is where we are headed and that happens in front of a big house, yes, 100%. But if now, it's if it's this and done, I I, I am 100% against that. Now let me let me pose this to you guys because I mean, I like we've kind of we've kind of touched on it before. Um, leading up to before WrestleMania, like, like I, I didn't, you know, I, I did, I listened to, I listened to your guys's picks episode, um, you know, and, and a lot of debate of whether or not, like, how stuff would go down, like, would they do it this way because they're in front of nobody, you know, or are they gonna, uh, or are they gonna carry on like it was, you know, like it was a normal WrestleMania? Do you think we're gonna see basically like? kind of like a, a SummerSlam kind of be like a rematch of WrestleMania matches like for some of the big ones like do you think not saying that they would change a whole lot of stuff but do you think we're going to see Drew versus Brock again so Drew can have that moment of conquering the beast in front of a crowd do you think we'll see um do you think we'll probably do you think we would see maybe a rematch between Charlotte and Rhea and have and Rhea going over and then like Becky and Baszler and Baszler going over. Like, I think you're more likely to see that happen with Baszler and Becky and Charlotte and Rhea more so than you are with Drew and Brock, because yeah. honestly the, the reaction, not only from, uh, the wrestling world after it happened, but also from Drew. Like I mentioned earlier, Tom, before you got here, I, mm-hmm. I said that this win for Drew didn't mean any less to him than if there were a ton of other people. I'm sure he would have gone a little more over the top with his celebrations, but you could tell the man really appreciated and really valued the hard work that got him to the dance. Ransom, what do you think? What's the question? Uh, do you think we're going to see a lot of, or do you think we're going to see many or a lot of matches redone again um, at like SummerSlam, like what or whatever first big crowd they can get in front of? Like, do you think we're going to see a rematch between uh, Rhea and Charlotte and like Becky and Shayna or anything else play out? No, no. If an, if anything, I, I think it's going to be um, the two women's matches. Maybe. I don't even think that's a definite. Um, like, I think, like, I think it was beef. It was beef or poot. I can't remember. Um, you know, they said they needed a build-up. They needed a build-up in front of the live crowds, not just, okay, this is an event back in front of a live crowd. First one, these two girls go over, go. Like, I don't think they're just going to retcon what they did at, at WrestleMania. I think it's going to be a build. I think you'll eventually see Baszler beat um, Becky, and I think you'll see uh, uh, Ripley beat Charlotte, but I don't think it'll just be at the at the first match. I think it'll be a you know a little bit of a slow burn, but I don't think they'll I don't think they'll try to redo any WrestleManias, any of the WrestleMania matches at, at like a SummerSlam or something or whatever whatever the match is going to be or whatever the event's going to be once it's back in front of a live crowd. I don't think they'll do that. Okay. I think be- they would have been pleased enough with their decisions at Mania that they would be like, okay. This mania happened. We're gonna plug along. Fair enough. 
Uh, I think so. I think the SummerSlam is like a pie eye way of looking. I we are in a different world right now, uh, and 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 let's not forget that SummerSlam this year is being held in Toronto, which is international. So who knows where that's going to be? You know, with four months from now. But uh, the the first big live event, be it SummerSlam, be it Survivor Series, be it, you know, fucking Starcade, who knows what they're going to do. They may even fucking, like, research Halloween Havoc if they needed to to get to get a big bump. But um, I, I do believe... So it, it honestly depends on many things. Uh, whether WWE and AEW continue to film. Because uh, basically, at this point, it's it's a, it, it's kind of a pirate broadcast. Uh, these workers are non-essential, so there's no fucking way in hell that it's legal that they show up to work. Um, and and again, not not all states are 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 in the 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 stay-at-home thing, but the majority of them are. Yeah, and and now I heard uh, from one of my other streamer buddies who lives in Georgia that uh, Georgia is now extending their stay-at-home thing to the end of may and it's like well yeah because you fucked around and didn't do it in the first place because reasons so now there's a lot of other states that the ones that aren't doing it or haven't right. done it yet are now trying to play catch-up and now didn't didn't you tell uh, didn't i hear um hear you say previously that aew had moved from wherever to to uh, georgia to georgia they're, so, <laughs> so now they're, they're filmed up yeah, they're not- they're filmed up for a month, and 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 let me tell you just real quick, I'm I'm sold on what AEW did last night. They put out I think four matches, three of which were very good matches. One was a squash because it's um that two I'm sorry there were five matches, two of which were squashes. One was Brody Lee, the other was Lance Archer, which you know would have happened regardless. And then they did some pretty great video packages. Um, I'm I'm okay with living that kind of life. Um, and that's they 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 record AAW that is has recorded up for a month, uh, up through the TNT tournament and up to what they hope to be uh, double or nothing in May, which I'm sure is not going to happen. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so again, it, it's it's pie eyed to think it's going to be SummerSlam, but what, but whenever it happens, yeah. So 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 it's going to depend, and here's why: if WWE suspends and and stops filming, which you know, then that then it really is the apocalypse. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I think so, um, because it's well document, well, well rumored that they changed the outcome of those two matches, Becky and Charlotte specifically re, uh, winning because they are the faces and they want to put people happy. They want to make people happy, you know, right now in this trying time. Um, which, by the way, fucking Jericho used that on AEW Dynamite last night. I want my fucking quarter, you bastard. Um, but, uh, but... Wait, what? If, that's, that's... I, I've been using in this trying time for fucking, like, ten weeks now. That, that's, that, that, that's fucking beat the leg to trademark, damn it. <laughs> um, 49.99, Jericho. Asshole. Uh, anyway, um, or, or... Or just come on our come on our podcast. You're more than welcome anytime. Let's jump on. Anyway, um, but if WWE does not suspend, and let's say that this whole thing goes until the fall, that means that they're basically going to keep those four women away from one another for another six, seven months, only to have them ramp back up 
together. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm saying it's not so plausible. So while I think it can be done, I, you know, it, it would take a lot more grease in the machine than I think they got in there to, to, to make that happen. So it's, you know, my, my, my answer is complex, but maybe. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I've I've been I'm busy watching uh, Liv Morgan in the uh, in the Discord there, so you know. Which uh, do you know what that's from, Poot? Uh no. That I, I see again because I uh, Instagram. I, I guess there was some sort of thing like there was like a, a transformation like the, thing. Don't yeah no yeah the the don't rush challenge the um I think I think the WNBA people did it. Um, and now the the uh, the women did it, and I actually just before we logged on, the men from WWE have done one too. And it's, are you serious? It's it's amazing. Wait, I gotta you send send me the one of the of the guys because I'm interested to see like what the hell they do differently or whatever. But the like the women's one was was uh was pretty good. I was like, why Tamina though? Why why she was in there is beyond me. She like super kicks the screen. Like get out of here. Well, it's because hey, no one meaner than Tamina. I guess. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I wow. I still can't get over that 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 piece of merch. There has been some bad WWE merch and bad wrestler merch, but that that's just the most phoned in stupid shit in the world. I'm I'm sorry. I uh, nothing against Tamina, but the goddamn that's terrible. Um, but uh, hey, I don't careful. know, man. Careful. That's, oh, uh, careful. that's you'll, careful. That's, you'll uh, have a head put out on you. Oh uh, well, you know what's his name? The the um. The smiley guy, J Jordan Miles. That that was that was pretty phoned in, man. Uh, it wasn't yeah. phoned in. It was just tone deaf. Um, well, both. The, the, both uh, of them. So, okay, here you go. Since we're not going to do uh, uh, hot tag trivia or, or or anything like that uh, here, since we are getting long in the tooth, as the man says, uh, our molars have been extended. How about how about this? I feel like you should have followed that up with a yes. Our molars have been extended. Yes. yes. Um, Wonderful. Um, ah. Delightful. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder wonderful. Um, anyway, uh, so here we go. Here's a question for you guys. It's not a million dollars, but I was kicking around doing one of those. But what about this? What is your favorite piece of wrestling merch you've ever owned? And what is your least favorite uh, merch they've ever offered? Hmm. I'm so looking around. Your favorite I'm looking one, around. Your favorite one you've owned. And what's your least favorite one? Like you went scrolling through. It could be off of WWE Pro Wrestling Tees. Any of the shops that Facebook tries to sell you on. Like it could be any of that. <laughs> Just like the the oh. piece of merch that you went, oh, that's, oh, that's so fucking stupid. Um, uh, WWE only, or, or 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 just in general, like uh, we'll go WWE only since it's WrestleMania. We'll give the nod to WWE. I can't. I can't think of like. I mean, I don't. I, I don't go scrolling around for a lot of different WWE merch. Like it's usually, if I'm gonna get something, like it's uh, like I know what I want. I, I don't go window shopping for it. Like I see it, or, or like if I if I have it in my mind. I want a shirt. I know like what shirt I want, you know. Um I don't know. And this could be from any era. Oh boy. 
Well, I, I mean, know my favorite. So, so, so I'll tell you straight up. My favorite piece of merch I've ever owned is this uh, wonderful uh, WWF Raw tag team title I have sitting on my mantle. Um, you know, not not just because of its exquisite manufacturmanship, but also the uh, the, uh, the 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 sentiment behind it. Um, but if we're talking just shirts and such, um, I got any, a pretty merch. big. That counts. I got a, I got a, got a pretty big soft, soft spot for my and my heart for my big foam like Brahma bullhead, both because I'm beef and because uh, it was my first raw show that I went to, um, and I really love my new John Moxley shirt too. So those 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 are all tops for me. I'd, I'd say tops for me, um, because pretty much the only merch I have is either shirts or I have a couple of uh, pop figures. Um, some one of my one of my friends, I can't remember who got it for me, got me a Seth Rollins uh pop head, uh yeah, pop figure. Uh, but whenever I was actually I was out searching for a new day one for somebody else, and I found uh the Jericho one with the list. Uh so I have so that's probably one of my favorites as far as like a non shirt one. Shirt wise. Mm-hmm. Uh shirt wise, I really like the one I, I like the edge shirts that I have and um I have one that's a, a, a DX one. It's a it was like a it was kind of a limited time thing, but it, it has a very it has an interesting kind of like design or whatever. Um I'll, I'll have to send a picture to you guys, but it's uh it's it's something it's weird. Like it kind of looks like you get away with like making it like a semi kind of dressy type of t-shirt, but like if you look at it, then you start seeing like the little dx nuances and stuff like that like triple h's sledgehammer and this and that Uh, i'll have to send you a picture sometime so mine mine probably is uh of all thinking of all time and i wish i still well the two that come to mind for me the one i i thought about finding a legacy version of it was the stone cold uh uh, stone cold university the scu t-shirt when nice. I was a kid, I wore the shit. Dude, I literally, that was like the first shirt that I wore to where it's like, okay, I can't wear this anymore. Like, because it, it was just full of holes and it was faded and it was worn out. And I loved that shirt. The other one um, that I had, and I wish I still had them. I wish I would have thought ahead just because they're a good conversation piece was the Christian sunglasses. Like the big yellow ones that were like bug eyes. Like, I wish I still had those because they were goofy as sin. Like, they were just amazing. Those are my two favorites. And I've, I've had some cool stuff. Like, I had a DX foam hand. I have no idea where it went. Um, I think it got lost to the ether of college moving. Um, uh, I also like, speaking of pop vinyls, I like my Bray Wyatt the Fiend pop. Oh, you! I didn't know you had one. Oh yeah, I, I, oh, you gotta, I, see, yeah, I gotta see that. Oh, I wait. I, uh, like, uh, it's a, I on Amazon. It's an Amazon exclusive. Whenever they announced it, I pre-ordered it. Nice, like, because it, it's and it's really well done. It's really well done. When after Ransom gives his answer, I have kind of a follow-up in the same vein of this. My turn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. I, I've got a few. Um, my, my all-time top one would be uh, the tag team title belt that Alec Ransom shares with Ryan Kilmore. 
Um, I don't think there's a piece of WWE merch that'll ever top that. But coming in at a at a close, close second, third, whatever with that would be. I had a um, a fleece. I ha- still have, I guess, a fleece edge blanket. They had uh, John Cena. I bought one of those for Tara, and I bought an edge fleece blanket for myself. Still use it. I love it. Um, my Ken Kennedy shirt with the double K's just cause I was a super huge, uh, big mark of, uh, Ken Kennedy. And then, uh, this one isn't WWE, but I had it back in high school. It was the NWO shirt, but it was the NWO shirt that had, um, like the green outline to it and it glowed in the dark, like the green oh, outline of the NWO cool. around the spray paint glowed in the dark. And that was one like Poot. I wore that one until uh, the green glow-in-the-dark stuff started to peel off. And it started to get holes in it. And I'm like, okay, i got to retire it because it's eventually going to disintegrate here in one of these next washes. But I wore the shit out of that shirt just because it was... That was the only NWO shirt, NWO shirt that I owned. Um, I didn't own the traditional one, but the glow-in-the-dark stuff was pretty awesome. That's funny. I actually just remembered I had a Wolfpack shirt that I wore out just like that, dude. Um, I was, nice. I was a big fan of the Red and Black Attack, and and yeah, it it was it was dead. I think it was full of holes and like falling apart. I'm like, well, it's time, Big Red. Dude, yep. I had one of those as well. And matter of fact, my because I was the coolest kid. We we all bought them. My bowling team when I was younger, we were called the Wolfpack, and we all had the NWO shirts. Nice. <laughs> I was the now, coolest. Just the coolest. Now, uh, as far as uh, not stuff that you do own, what's a piece? I'm going to start it off. What's a piece of uh, merch that you wish you owned? And I will say for me, I my my like my one time thing I want to have before the day I die is like a world cha- like a world heavyweight championship belt, like uh, like probably the world heavyweight championship one, um, just because I re- I really I I think that one just it, it looks nice and I like it so. What uh? Who else go faces? You mean Tom? Are you talking about the big gold belt? Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh, okay. like the like yeah the one that like you know Triple H and Batista and everybody else had the edge. And had. your buddy Brock. And, and, and I'm sorry, your buddy Bill Goldberg made famous, right? Yeah. Nah, I don't think he made it famous, but you know, <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure everybody else but him made oh. it famous, and you know he's just fucking there to suck it up along the ride a piece of shit that he is but anyways hey he's not the champion <laughs> triggered. anymore so who cares <laughs> triggered <laughs> Beef, what um, about you what's a what's yeah. a piece of merch that you wish you would have had you know whenever i was in uh, high school the coolest thing in the world was those rock sunglasses the the the, the gold frames <laughs> I, I had like uh, a pair that, that that i called my rock sunglasses they were knockoffs that ended up getting uh, destroyed in my buddy uh, brian veo's car when he wrecked into a ditch um but uh so so that's one but uh i you know i i really 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 loved the uh the the blue diy shirts that they did um you know for diy's like 10 second reunion at um at worlds collide on rumble weekend i'm looking Uh, at that one right now i like that one um uh oh i hope i'm sorry i hope i didn't interrupt beef go ahead no, you're good. You're good. I'm, I, I, that was I finished. Uh, for me, it's um, it it it's it's really it's the two that I can think of are are one of them's kind of stupid. The other one, I swear to God, I will have. 
Um, one is a uh, like a legit Hurricane Helms mask, like <laughs> a legit Hurricane mask. I wish I had one. Not like the plasticky, like Halloween, you know, CVS Halloween store <laughs> mask. I mean, like one that's like legit, like hard, yeah. like either rubber or leather. Like I would love to have one of those. Um, and the the other one that I that is not a pipe dream is the winged eagle belt. I want the wind, winged eagle belt just to to have and like admire because that belt I associate with so many good memories of watching wrestling and really really being like super excited and when you know guys like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Stone Cold had those belts like it, it it that belt to me is so iconic and um also it, it was like i associate it with like when i found wrestling is when i found like a you know like my thing when i was yeah. younger you know what i mean i felt like i was part of something i i i kind of i kind of like uh, i like your reasoning with the wing eagle belt and i like I'll bet there's actually some belts I even like better than the heavy the world heavyweight championship belt. Like I like I like the the look of the the NXT title better. Uh, but the only reason I want the world heavyweight title is because I think I could be mistaken. I don't know. It's one of the few, or if the only one, where you could actually do like a custom nameplate or whatever. So oh, of course, yeah. so of course I would you know I would have my own. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna carry the title of Jericho or Edge or whoever. I'm gonna carry my own goddamn title, like you know, why not? But I gotcha. uh, but what about because I, I I don't like I wouldn't like the uh, if I if I'm gonna get one, I would want it like not to have the name plates or whatever. I don't know. All right, uh, Ransom, Ransom. What about you? Um, I've always been a super big, huge fan of uh, Ted DiBiase. Nice. Um, so I would really love to have at some point uh, the million dollar belt. I thought that was a really cool belt. Um, I would have loved if that would have stuck around and they would have continued to defend it with Ted DiBiase Jr. Um, I just, I, I always loved the look of that belt. I just thought it was just the coolest looking thing ever. And I'd love to own one of those. I, it, dude, that is, and it, it really, I compared to other belts, it had such a <laughs> short lived run, but it's so iconic. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Now, Real quick here before we we call it uh, a night on this episode. What's a piece of merch that you look that like seriously? You're like that is the dumbest piece of shit ever. It's so ugly. It's so stupid. Like anything relating to Goldberg, obviously. <laughs> All right. I mean that's I mean that's uh... a given. Like like I'm sorry. I don't need I don't need a shirt that has uh what looks like barbed wire symbol tattoos. It's not uh, from like you know an NFL linebacker from 1995. I'm good. Beef. Um, I mean, there there's there's not a lot that comes to mind that I'm like, oh, that's the, you know, that's a stretcher. That's that's awful. You know, and 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 I, I'm I'm probably gonna take some heat for it, but that's okay. Uh, probably the um, like the knockoff like Kmart brand um, ones where they were like not even close to the WWE designs. They just had like a picture of the wrestler and their name or whatever. 
Um, I, and, and again, I, I get it. Not everybody's got, you know, twenty nine ninety nine to spend on a fucking T-shirt. I, I understand that 100%, but, you know, it, it, they, 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 they just kind of look cheap, cheap to me and, you know, super off-brand. To be clear, are you talking about, like, the ones that, that it was, like, the Stone Cold with, like, the rattlesnake arms or whatever? Well, that was, like, even an official one. Like, that, was, was, that was officially but... done. But, uh, no, there were ones that had, like, Austin silhouette and then would have, like... I know what you're talking mannerisms about. Mannerisms or, like, wording that he would have used or things, and it's just like, okay. I, I, I get I get where you're going at, because I probably owned a couple of those whenever whenever I was a youngin, because, you know, we were poor, so... But yeah, I hated them too. I wanted I wanted better. <laughs> Ransom. Um, I really don't have one. Um, like somebody said, I don't go on like the WWE website and just scroll through merch just to yeah. see what's out there. Um, if I know that there's something I want, I go out and I, you know, look it up on the site and get it. Um, but I, I honestly can't think of something that I've seen that have gone other than the John Cena wristbands because I just I thought those were stupid. <laughs> but I mean, they're sold like hotcakes. Um, but I don't, I don't have one that's like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. I just, I don't know. I don't go scrolling through it enough, I guess. Um, I think it, like, it's, it's collectively the stuff that's like, you know, Seth Rollins' knee socks, like, you know, like stuff like that. You're <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, but, um, honestly, it's anything. Uh, it's a shirt. That, that I saw, it's really terrible. It's this low-res ring with, like, terrible print. It, it was on, like, some site called Gould Gaming. I'm not uh, sure. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I joke. I love my Pittsburgh Piledriver podcast t-shirt, and you should go buy one. Link's in the description. Um, and also, maybe buy some casual gaming dad merch while you're there as well. It's reasonably priced and very cool. Um, I, I'm actually wearing one of my own that kind of ties in uh, of a wrestling reference uh, or play off of a wrestling reference. Don't. Wearing my oh, go ahead. City shirt. Don't jerk yourself off on camera, Tom. I'm already doing <laughs> that for you. Wait, what? Anyway. <laughs> uh, hey, so, it, it takes more than two hands. <laughs> Dutch rudder. The, um, oh, and there it is. Um, no, uh, it for is. me, honestly... It's um, it it honestly aside from that, it's there's two shirts that come to mind. One I've mentioned, it's the No Mina Than Tamina shirt. I want to see the numbers on royalties. I would love to see the check for like five dollars that Tamina gets because of that shirt. Um, it's it just looks it looks like an afterthought. That's the problem is that the design's not good. It's it's like a shitty afterthought T-shirt. And honestly, anyone who is at the level in WWE, whether you like them or not, deserves better than that. Um, the other one, and I'm going to catch heat from Beef for this. It is the Team Hell No shirt that was the cane mask with Daniel Bryan arms coming out of the ears. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a terrible, lousy shirt. And I get it. They They had a lot of levity and comedy and goofiness to them, you know. It was a good gimmick, and it had good legs, but that shirt is... It looks like a first-year Photoshop student did it. It's so stupid. <laughs> like, it's the... Go... Seriously, if you... Do, let me... Okay, let me... Like, I know you know what I'm talking about, but I feel like you need... Uh-oh, the Matrix. To, 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 what? The Matrix. Nothing, you're good. You Am I good? You're good yep. now, yeah. I, I vomited the pill back up. You, um, you fought the agents. You're good. 
Okay, yeah, I got it. No, where where is it? I gotta find it. They had one that was both their faces, and it said like "I'm the tag team champions." <laughs> that one was cool, and there was another one that was just um, a shirt on the front that said "Team Hell No," and on the back it said "Reunited," and it feels so good. But like <laughs> it, it, like, and that's the thing. It's like they had some good ones. But I'm pulling up right now. I'm I'm gonna save this uh, this picture and I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna see if I can do the jiggery pokery with the video to put it up right now. But I'm gonna put it up in uh, our chat because I feel like yeah oh yeah I remember that shirt. Do you though? Because I'm gonna show it to you guys in in the Discord chat right now. It is not good. Oh my god, that is terrible. <laughs> like, what did uh, I say? Yeah, that's that, stupid. It looks like, it doesn't even look like a cane mask. It looks like some sort of, like, flying, fucked up monster with arms. <laughs> like, it looks that's like... My, that's my new least favorite. It looks like... least favorite right there. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I love it. It looks like a <laughs> hacked... It looks like... It looks like someone who hacked the original Doom and turned a Caco demon into that. <laughs> like, that's what it looks like. Yeah, but, I was going to say, it looks like something out of Doom or, like, fucking Metroid Prime. Like, one of those, like, flying little war wasps or something. It's terrible. Just so awful. But anyway, guys, what do you say we wrap this up in a nice little burrito? Wrap it up, Poop. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to our WrestleMania review. We really appreciate it. And uh, do yourself a favor. Give the video a like and subscribe to us here on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on any other platform, you can go to uh, Anchor, by the way. But you can also find us on uh, a lot of different podcast places. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. You can find us pretty much anywhere if you look for Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast. Make sure to also check out our other series called Breaking Kayfabe, where we get out of the world of wrestling and we talk about all kinds of other things from video games to uh, world events such as COVID-19. And we uh, also do things like uh, Million Dollars Butt, the, the Rooster Teeth game, Million Dollars Butt. We have fun with that. And then we also uh, tell things like drunk stories, which are a lot of fun. Um, I want to thank It's the funny you mention that because, uh, before you thank sponsors, it's funny you mention that because, uh, you know, we are going to probably be in a place where a lot of other sports talking heads and podcasts <laughs> and people are where they're kind of running out of contact rapidly. So uh, we might get kind of weird with it here in the upcoming weeks. So uh, we'll see where we end up. We hope, yeah. or, we hope that you're all, all along the ride too. In case or we, or we can get into, uh, we could possibly take this time to get into some more, uh, uh, fucking collar elbow tie up episodes too. That would be a lot of fun. Make sure yeah. to go back and listen to our previous collar elbow tie ups as well. Um, and uh, thank you very much to the sponsors. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mr. Casual Gaming Dad, Mr. Tiger, Uppercut Bomb Tom, and his channel Casual Gaming Dad over on Facebook. Go check him out. Also, go on over to Gould Gaming. There's, again, a link in the description uh, to uh, Casual Gaming Dad's channel. You can pick up a lot of cool merch for him. Uh, I recommend the uh, No Red States, No Blue States, Just Save States t-shirt. That's a really cool one. Uh, and also, you can pick up your very own Pittsburgh Piledriver podcast t-shirt while you're over there. Uh, I also want to thank Sean Tischler and his work with IWC. Uh, there's also a link in the description 
to uh, IWC and uh, news going on with them. Uh, you can watch for uh, whenever events start running again. They will have all the information on there. You can buy tickets. Uh, and it's absolutely great. Support them as much as you can. Support your local indies as much as you can as well. In Pennsylvania, Central and Western Pennsylvania, we have a ton of great ones. There's uh, IWC runs. Uh, there's Rise as well. Rise is really, really good. So check out your local indies and support them as Imagine. well. For Mr. Tiger Bomb Tom, Beef the Legend, The Advocate, Mr. Alec Ransom, and your reigning, Defending undisputed chooserweight champion Puta Bard, baby. Have a good evening. Mm.